within your apartment block? And should we be planning for electric cars? This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hi, I'm Jimmy Thompson and I'm joined today by writer, author, travel writer, property writer, Sue Williams, who's been having a look at the Flat Chat website. Hi, Jimmy. Nice to be here again. Hello, Sue. What have you? What's caught your eye? Well, this issue of noise. I guess we're all nervous about noise. When we move into Strata for the first time, we kind of worry that it's going to be noisy. Well, what's what's the issue that you're you're writing about this week with noise? Well, it's it's strange because there was a, a ruling in uh, the tribunal recently that basically, as an aside, the member said you should be prepared to put up with a certain amount of noise in your apartment block. And I was just wondering, well, how much how much noise should you put up with? Yeah, that's kind of hard, isn't it? I remember being asked into um, a neighbour's apartment um, because she was she was annoyed about a, a noise from an air conditioner from another building. And she said, just listen to that. And I listened and listened. I couldn't hear anything. No. But she obviously found the noise incredibly annoying. So it is difficult, isn't it? Well, so it's a very subjective thing. As I always say to people, uh, don't get annoyed when somebody comes to your door and says, hey, your stereo is too loud because you don't know how loud your music is in another person's apartment. Sure, absolutely. And and I think you've kind of looked at the problem and said, well, it's a matter of three issues, isn't it? Design, construction and behaviour. Yeah. How, how, does, how do you work that out? Well, design, for instance, if you've got uh, apartments, one above each other, and one of them has its living area above a bedroom or its kitchen above a bedroom, you're going to have noise transmission. People are going to be trying to sleep while the other people are just going about their daily lives. So that's where design comes into it. Building is the actual quality of the construction. How well soundproof is the building to begin with? And so you'll find that a lot of older apartment blocks are very well soundproofed because they were built with bricks. But conversions, where a house has been converted into apartments, they're not that well soundproofed because they were never intended to be separate dwellings. Right. And I guess that's when behaviour comes into it, because if a building isn't very well um, designed or constructed, then you kind of have to rely on people you know, being very thoughtful and, and not wearing shoes or high heels in their apartment if they've got a wooden floor, that kind of thing. Well, absolutely. You know, and it's people say, well, you can't stop kids from running around. But if you're living underneath a family with young children who are running around, and, as you mentioned, the, the carpet's been removed and timber floors have been put down. All you're going to listen to all day is thump, 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 thump. And that's when behaviour becomes an issue. The parents really have to say, well, do we want the nice, shiny wooden floor uh, or do we want our kids to be able to charge around as children are want to do? Sure. I suppose that's a recipe that we have to be a bit more tolerant, don't we? I'm One of my elderly friends, I, I used to go around to her apartment and she'd hear a sudden slight noise from upstairs and then she would bang on the wall with her shoe or get a broom and bang on the ceiling with a broom. And it was kind of, I was always really nervous when I came out that I might actually see her upstairs neighbour and kind of be looked at as somebody complicit to the crime. But um, I guess we just have to be learn to be a little bit more tolerant, not put up with unreasonable behaviour, but kind of be better neighbours. Yeah, I think it's a case of if you have a noise problem with a neighbour, let them know that there's a problem and then take your next move from their response because if they tell you to get stuffed, they don't care, then you know that uh, you it's time to start thinking about uh, going to committees, getting notices to comply and, and going to fair trading if need be. Mm-hmm.
And I see on the Flat Chat website you're getting a little bit arty this week. You've been writing about a Scottish crime writer, not you this time, <laughs> Val McDermott, who is incredibly successful, who lives in Edinburgh. And she did a radio interview recently in Scotland about her local short-stay industry operating in Edinburgh, I think probably Airbnb, yeah, and the problems that had caused. Yeah, it was interesting. Val was basically saying, you know, she loves Edinburgh, she loves being in Edinburgh, and she said that she loves it when the festival's on. Four weeks every August, I think it is, and you know the the city's absolutely teeming, and but you know there are shows on. There's a reason for it, but now what's happening with what she called shoestring tourism. You can't walk down the street, you know, you, you and you you're in a residential area, and you get woken up in the morning with people hauling their wheelie suitcases along the street. You know, you can't get on the bus because they're full of tourists and. And she's finding in Edinburgh, um, as I did myself earlier this year, that uh, the place is becoming overcrowded. And one of the reasons is the, the cheap short-term letting. I mean, in Edinburgh, all, it's all anybody talks about. Oh, are you going on Airbnb? Are you are you putting your flat on Airbnb? And, and uh, people are seeing the opportunity to make money. Um, but, of course, it's uncontrolled. Mm. And she wrote Wire in the Blood, didn't she, the, that became a really hit TV series? She did, yes. So that would be kind of a bit scary to make a, an enemy of um, Val McDermott, you wouldn't I would want, think. You wouldn't want Val McDermott knocking on your door and complaining about the tourists, <laughs> that's for sure. But are there any things that people can do um, uh, to try and stop Airbnb operating within their strata buildings? Well, it depends where you live in Australia, as we often say every state has its own strata laws. In uh, Victoria, the government there has decided that uh, people in apartment blocks don't really matter. And if you want to make as much money as you can, go ahead and do it. Here in New South Wales, we're about to get, and when I say about to get, sometime in the next year, we'll get laws restricting or allowing owners corporations to decide not to have Airbnb in their buildings. Um, and when I say Airbnb, of course, there are a dozen other platforms that like stays give similar, and yeah, people like that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they they're kind of like the generic brand. So yeah, but there's a group, a couple of young fellas. They have a company called B and B Guard, and it's quite funny. They started off. Uh, one of them decided he, he wanted to have Airbnb in his flat, and thought, oh, you know, I could do this and. The committee would never know whether I was doing it or not. And that made him think, well, there's a gap in the market right there. <laughs> Maybe somebody should be telling people how they can find out if their flats are being let on Airbnb and telling committees how to do it, how to stop them. Right. So they're actually helping people try and prevent Airbnb in their buildings when they don't want those kind of short-term lets. Yeah. You know, you can register with them and say, look, I've got these apartments invested here and uh, I'm just worried that they might be on Airbnb and they'll do all the detective work and tell you, yeah, you're, you're listed. Oh, that um, sounds interesting. And they've got a link on your website, I think. There so is a link can... on the website, so you can, you can go to their website and find out what they're all about. Mm, great. And then another thing I saw on the website, which I thought was really interesting, was the electric cars, because I keep thinking about getting an electric car, but... Living in Strata, I mean, where do you actually park to charge it up? And well, that's the big question. 
Sooner or later, somebody in your building is going to want to charge their electric car. And the question is, you know, do they just use the sockets that are on the walls that are there for the cleaners, you know, for their equipment and or for maintenance? And the answer is, well, if they do that, they're, they're stealing electricity from the building. So you've got to start thinking about finding some way of offering this service to people. And then you've got to think about what form does it take? Do you put a meter on those sockets that I just mentioned before? Or do you create a special charging bay uh, for cars that everybody can take turns in using? Sure, and maybe in a a visitor parking spot or something. Yeah, but the experts say this is probably the least best way (laughs) of doing it because sooner or later somebody's going to put the car in there, leave it there while it's charging up, not come back while somebody else wants to get in, even though that car is already fully charged. And the the general consensus is, first of all, you don't need a special charging unit, you know, that's going to fill up your electricity the same way you would fill up with petrol, because most cars sit overnight uh, in the car space. So if you can have a, a low charge, almost like a trickle charge overnight, uh, that's probably the best way to do it. And as far as um, kind of metering and, and getting people to pay for the electricity they use from the owners' corporation, I mean, do they use much electricity? Would it be significant? It's it's not a huge amount to begin with, but when you consider that the they're being topped up every night or every second night, it starts to build up. And it is worth putting a meter on it because, uh, you know, that charge otherwise would come back to the owners' corporation. And I guess this is an issue that's going to become more and more important to, to a lot of people because many more people are getting electric cars and thinking about it. Well, there are some car manufacturers are saying in 10 years' time we won't be making any more petrol engine cars. We're just going to be making <laughs> wow. electric cars. And this is in Europe. And I'm told that Australia has been quite slow to catch on to this. But when you think about the ways we have of generating electricity from the sun and the wind, you know, that that would be free fuel basically, for people in houses. And sooner or later, people in apartments are going to say, well, I I want to get in on that as well. And still on the subject of parking, I was looking at your forum, and uh, it was interesting because someone was having a problem with people who kept driving onto their lawns and parking on their lawns of their strata building, and they were trying to work out how to stop them doing that. Yeah, look, there's been a few of these have come along and basically you get somebody, you know, you get people who've got too many cars or they've got, uh, they fill their garage full of their stuff. They're not allowed to park on common property because they'd be blocking other motorists and they see a nice piece of grass and they go, well, I'll park on there. Of course, they're destroying the grass and that's not what the grass is there for. So people get annoyed and they, they want to stop it. Although we have had a case recently where the uh, the committee solution was to put concrete parking pads on the grass, so they were turning the the grass into a parking area. Oh, which that yeah, sounds a yeah, shame. Yeah, it's a shame, but it was also a shame when the council was informed and were told, "Well, that's a change of use, and you need <laughs> you'll need a DA for that, and we're not giving you it." So. Oh no. Okay, but I guess they can put out a notice to comply and things. The usual. Yeah, but you know, and and. I think both of these cases, there's been a reluctance on the part of the committee to ping owners for parking in the wrong places, as often happens, usually when somebody on the committee is one of the people who's doing it. (laughs) 
one of the things that made me laugh on the forum website was, um, well, it shouldn't have made me laugh really, it's terrible, but it was um, a strata committee saying that um, sometimes when you have a really difficult person in your building, and I think we've all had them in our buildings, we all know that problem so well, how can you actually stop them getting elected onto a strata committee? Yes, and the answer to this is the same answer as you would have for just about every committee problem, is first of all make sure you have the numbers and then have a plan. And in this case, in New South Wales certainly, during the AGM, before the election of members of the committee, uh, you have to decide how many members the committee will have. So if you've got a seven-person committee and one of those seven people is a pain... then you decide, well, let's just have a six-person committee next time and make sure you've got the numbers so that (laughs) number seven doesn't get elected. Wow. Strata can be an interesting place, can't it? Oh, Parliament's got nothing on, on Strata. And then finally, I saw one of the things, which is kind of like the real nitty-gritty, I suppose, of Strata, um, somebody asking who has a responsibility for painting the interior surfaces of a steel window. Yeah. And And even that wasn't straightforward, I don't think. No, because, I mean, the window is common property. And in this case, the window had been neglected and had started to rust. Now, the committee are saying, well, look, the owners, the previous owners have neglected the window. If they'd told us about this before, we could have come in and painted it and it would never have rusted. The current owners are saying, well, we don't care. It's your window. You've got to come and clean the rust off and then repaint it because it, you know, it's your responsibility. And I think the new owners are probably right. The window is common property and mm. it's up to the committee to fix it. Sure. It's a tricky one, isn't it, really? They all, they all are. They all are. <laughs> they all well, I guess are. it keeps you in business, Jimmy. Oh, uh, keeps keeps me going. It certainly does. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Um, join us again next week for the Flat Chat Wrap. And in the meantime, you'll find everything you need to know about living in apartments on flat-chat.com.au. See you next week.